For Hush Puppies, the classic American brush suede shoes with a lightweight crepe sole, the tipping point came somewhere between late 1994 and early 1995. The brand had been all but dead until that point. Sales were down to 30,000 pairs a year, mostly to backwoods outlets and small-town family stores. Wolverine, the company that makes Hush Puppies, was thinking of phasing out the shoe that made them famous. But then something strange happened. At a fashion shoot, two Hush Puppies executives, Owen Baxter and Jeffrey Lewis, ran into a stylist from New York who told them that the classic Hush Puppies had suddenly become hip in the clubs and bars of downtown Manhattan. We were being told, Baxter recalls, that there were resale shops in the village, in Soho, where the shoes were being sold. People were going to the Ma and Pa stores, the little stores that still carried them, and buying them up. Baxter and Lewis were baffled at first. It made no sense to them that shoes that were so obviously out of fashion could make a comeback. We were told that Isaac Mizrahi was wearing the shoes himself, Lewis says. I think it's fair to say that at that time, we had no idea who Isaac Mizrahi was. By the fall of 1995, things began to happen in a rush. First, the designer John Bartlett called. He wanted to use hush puppies in his spring collection. Then another Manhattan designer, Anna Sui, called, wanting shoes for her show as well. In Los Angeles, the designer Joel Fitzgerald put a 25-foot inflatable basset hound, the symbol of the Hush Puppies brand, on the roof of his Hollywood store and gutted an adjoining art gallery to turn it into a Hush Puppies boutique. While he was still painting and putting up shelves, the actor Pee Wee Herman walked in and asked for a couple of pairs. It was total word of mouth, Fitzgerald remembers. In 1995, the company sold 430,000 pairs of the classic Hush Puppies, and the next year it sold four times that, and the next year after that still more, until Hush Puppies were once again a staple of the wardrobe of the young American male. In 1996, Hush Puppies won the prize for Best Accessory at the Council of Fashion Designers Awards Dinner at Lincoln Center, and the president of the firm stood up on the stage with Calvin Klein and Donna Karen and accepted an award for an achievement that, as he would be the first to admit, his company had almost nothing to do with. Hush Puppies had suddenly exploded, and it all started with a handful of kids in the East Village in Soho. How did that happen? Those first few kids, whoever they were, weren't deliberately trying to promote Hush Puppies. They were wearing them precisely because no one else would wear them. Then the fad spread to two fashion designers who used the shoes to peddle something else, haute couture. The shoes were an incidental touch. No one was trying to make Hush Puppies a trend. Yet somehow, that's exactly what happened. The shoes passed a certain point in popularity, and they tipped. How does a $30 pair of shoes go from a handful of downtown Manhattan hipsters and designers to every mall in America in the space of two years? There was a time, not very long ago, in the desperately poor New York City neighborhoods of Brownsville and East New York, when the streets would turn into ghost towns at dusk. Ordinary working people wouldn't walk on the sidewalks. Children wouldn't ride their bicycles on the streets. Old folks wouldn't sit on stoops and park benches. The drug trade ran so rampant, and gang warfare was so ubiquitous in that part of Brooklyn that most people would take to the safety of their apartments at nightfall. Police officers who served in Brownsville in the 1980s and early 1990s 
say that in those years, as soon as the sun went down, their radios exploded with chatter between beat officers and their dispatchers over every conceivable kind of violent and dangerous crime. In 1992, there were 2,154 murders in New York City and 626,182 serious crimes, with the weight of those crimes falling hardest in places like Brownsville and East New York. But then something strange happened. At some mysterious and critical point, the crime rate began to turn. It tipped. Within five years, murders had dropped 64.3% to 770, and total crimes had fallen by almost half to 355,893. In Brownsville and East New York, the sidewalks filled up again. The bicycles came back, and old folks reappeared on the stoops, 